This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, it's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, as usual, we've all the news and fixtures for the next weekend. Colin Brown reminisces on his start to racing. Our memory spot features Grebensis. And we talk to Richard Dunwoody over in Patagonia, of all places. Sam Hoskins joins us from Hot to Trot Racing. And we have our usual chat with Milton Harris, Jamie Snowden and Nick Schofield. And then to finish off the show, we've obviously got the cheeky chappy Colin Brown with his tip and also Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. So good evening and welcome to the show. It's Eddie Hopper here as usual and we're going to start, as we always do, with all the racing news. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news from the racing media, that includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. My name's Mike Padden. Let's kick off with our first story. The latest twist in the fast-moving story of owner Sid Hosey, who parted company with two salaried trainers last year before moving his string to Harriet Brown, has resulted in his going back to his roots by sending four horses to Colin Tizard. Hosey's flagship horse, Lieutenant Rocco, now on the sidelines with a pelvis injury, was initially trained by Tizard and his son and assistant Joe. But the businessman set up a private operation two years ago when he installed Nick Mitchell, who saddled the listener to win Down Royal's Grade 1 champion chase in 2009. That relationship came to an end last year and Mitchell was replaced by Ralph Smith whose time at Sandhills Farm in Dorset lasted a matter of months due to a disagreement over training methods. Hosey, who is contemplating training himself, switched the horses to little-known Brown, but is now back in the Tizard fold at their Sherbourne base. That town is the home of the drainage company Hosey runs with his brother Martin, and he said, A few nice ones have gone to the Tizards. I've friends who are owners in the yard, and hopefully we can have some fun up there and share the passion. Four have gone up now, but Lieutenant Rocco is back with me at home as he injured his pelvis in his last run at Warwick. We're waiting on the bone scan with him, and he's out for the season. But pelvis injuries aren't too bad. It's painful, but not like doing a leg. Joe and I haven't spoken about whether he'll go to them, but Supreme Commander, Mascat, Harlem Soul and Colstock have gone there. Hosey revealed that the remainder of his horses would likely be based, out of training, at home with him. I doubt I'll have any with Harriet, and then possibly have a rethink on where they go in the future, he said. Me and Harriet are absolutely fine, but I wasn't getting any enjoyment out of going racing on my own. I employed a trainer, but was going racing on my own all the time, which is not what I enjoy. I want to go with other owners, and when you have horses in training with someone like Colin, you get to meet a lot of people. There's a nice network of people, which I haven't been getting. Lieutenant Rocco moved in the first place because I took the training in-house, and me training will be in the hands of the BHA if I decide to reapply for a licence. I've just got to have a chat with my brother and see where we go. 
We have to work out what we're doing and get the enjoyment back before we make any decisions. Joe Tizard said, We had horses for Sid a few years ago, and then he decided to have a go on his own. It hasn't quite worked out, but our door was never shut, so when he phoned me on Thursday, I had no problem taking four horses back. And our next story, here on the Racing News. Giggingstown House stud boss Michael O'Leary said a conflated could switch to the Ryanair chase at Cheltenham next month if stablemate and top contender Galvin lines up in the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup. The eight-year-old, who landed the Irish Cup by six and a half lengths from Manila Indo this month, is available at nine to one for the Ryanair, in which he would take on defending champion Alahol, who won by twelve lengths from Fakir Duarderis last year for Willie Mullins. He is around ten to one for the Gold Cup, but appears unlikely to take his chance due to the presence of the Ronnie Bartlett-owned Galvin, who trails only A-plus tarred in the market after beating him by a short head in the Grade 1 Savills chase. O'Leary, the long-serving chief executive of Ryanair, told Sky Sports Racing on Sunday, If Galvin runs in the Gold Cup for Gordon, then I think we'll switch conflated to the Ryanair chase. I'd love to see Ronnie Bartlett win a gold cup, and I don't think Conflated would beat Galvin. It makes sense from Gordon's point of view to split the two and then take on Willie Mullins in the Ryanair. O'Leary and Giggingstown have twice won the gold cup, striking with War of Attrition in 2006 and the Elliott-trained Don Cassock in 2016. They are also set to be represented at the festival by Tiger Roll, who will bid for a fourth success in the Glen Farkless cross-country chase in what will be his final race. The 12-year-old who beat Easyland by 18 lengths last season was ruled out of the Grand National over what O'Leary described as a ridiculous rating and unfair weight. He is a two-time winner of the Grand National, for which the forfeits will be released on March the 1st. Tiger Roll was allocated a mark of 161 for this season's race, £2 higher than he won off in 2019. He did not run last year after being rated 166 and instead ran in the Grade 1 Betway Bowl at the track. O'Leary said, He won't hack up at the cross-country. You won't defy age. Many athletes have tried. He won't be in the Grand National by the time he runs in the cross-country. He'll be coming over in the next four to six days. He's 12, and I have no intention of asking this horse, who is like a fifth child to me, to carry 11 stone 8 or 11 stone 10 around Cheltenham or Raintree at the age of 12. It's not happening because he hasn't been fairly treated by the handicapper. Thankfully, the Tiger Roll controversy will never be told again, because he will be retired after the cross-country at Cheltenham. And our next story here on the Racing News. David Maxwell is looking forward to partnering three horses at next month's Cheltenham Festival, with French-trained Fudelage set to be his first ride in the Glen Farkless cross-country chase. Maxwell is one of the most committed members of the amateur riders' ranks and has enjoyed a couple of landmark successes at Cheltenham over the last two seasons. With Jatului scoring at the 2019 November meeting and Dolphin Square taking him back to the winner's enclosure on New Year's Day. Neither horse is said to feature in the festival squad, but Maxwell, who combines his passion for racing with property finance and development, is set to be in action on three of the four days. Maxwell said, 
Cat Tiger goes for the Kim Muir. He's the one I fell off on the way to the start at Yule. Bob and Co. goes for the Hunter Chase, while Shantau Flyer will be entered just in case anything happens with him. Cat Tiger is a good horse, and he won a grade three in France the day I fell off him. He's an accurate jumper and not without a chance. Maxwell is trying hard not to get ahead of himself, but if his reactions when winning previously at non-festival meetings are anything to go by, success at the festival would trigger some serious celebrations. He said, I try not to think about it too much. I get too excited. I don't know what I'd do if I had a winner at the festival. I might keel over before I get to weigh in. I'll have rides Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, and I might pop down on Tuesday to school Feu de Lange over some cross-country fences. Patrice Quinton is one of the acknowledged masters of the discipline in France and is delighted to be able to offer Maxwell the chance of taking on the Cheltenham Cross-Country Challenge. Feu de Lange has been running in cross-country races most recently, said Quinton, who was leading trainer in the Pan-European Crystal Cup Cross-Country Challenge for five straight seasons from 2014. She continued, You really need a good horse to go to the festival, and, while he might be a bit below the best in that race, unlike before Christmas, it is a conditions race and not a handicap. I think you'll give David a good ride round there. With typical self-deprecation, Maxwell added, We'll see how far we get. He does seem to like jumping around the cross-country courses in France, but I don't think we'll be troubling the judge. The reason we haven't run him again recently is because there's been a nothing in France really far enough, other than the Grand Cross de Pau, and Patrice felt that was a step too far. Quinton is based in the shadow of Mont Saint-Michel, meaning it has been quite some time since Maxwell sat on Feu de Lange. He came over to Paul Nichols and, as with a lot of Pauls, was sent to Will Biddick to get him going, said Maxwell. That's the only time I've ever sat on him. I scooted him up and down Paul's flat gallop and we all agreed he's just a bit slow. We sent him to Patrice in France and he's a good man for the cross-country races. If he was ever going to be a racehorse, it was going to be over cross-country fences and a trip. The betting the bookies should be running on Feudelage is how many fences we jump before I fall off. Next up, here on the Racing News. Nick Schofield is relishing the prospect of partnering Staghorn at Cheltenham next month and believes the five-year-old will benefit from a step-up in trip against his Albert Bartlett rivals. The jockey, who is also set to team up with Santini in the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup on the same Friday of the festival, was on board when Staghorn landed the Grade 2 Leamington Novices Hurdle by two lengths at Warwick. It's exciting, Schofield said about the assignment for Staghorn in the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, for which he is a top price 16 to 1. I had a great ride in the Leamington, and the form has been franked by the second, gentleman-at-arms, running well in the Sydney Banks at Huntington last time. We beat him by a few lengths, and the step-up in trip should help Staghorn. He's done nothing wrong, and he's thrived since going hurdling. He feels in great order. I sat on him this week, and I'm really excited. Archie Watson believes Staghorn, owned by Ben and Sir Martin Arbib, has solid claims of providing him with his first top-level success over jumps. We're under no illusions, but you have to say he has a chance, the trainer said. 
It's very exciting for owners and everyone in the yard to have a horse who is hopefully going to Cheltenham with a viable chance. He did everything we asked of him at Warwick, and Nick, who will ride him next month, was amazed at how well he jumped that day. He was green in the straight looking around, and I'm sure he'll come on again for that. He's able to sustain a similar type of gallop that he does on the flat over these extended trips over hurdles. He jumps that well, I wouldn't be afraid of to be jumping a fence next season. I've always felt he wants three miles, so hopefully he'll take another step forward again in the Albert Bartlett. If he jumps as well as we know he can, I hope he can put a bit of pressure on the others. We have purposely left him fresh, and, as he's only had two runs this winter, I would say Cheltenham and Aintree are on the agenda, and I hope he will be very competitive in those sorts of races. I'd be delighted with anything good or softer. He's gone through heavy ground like a jet ski, so I won't mind if the heavens open. It could be a big week for Schofield, who is also set to partner the Polly Grundy-trained Santini in the Gold Cup. The ten-year-old, who was narrowly denied in the Grade 1 in 2020, was second behind Chantry House in the Cotswold chase last time. I sat on him on Saturday, said the jockey, who won last season's Grand Annual aboard Sky Pirate. Polly is doing a lot of work with him. He's clearly still got the ability after finishing behind Chantry House in the Cotswold chase and came close to winning in 2020. But this has been the Racing News, with all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next time. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news. Now we're going to see where we can go racing this weekend. Well, we'll start with seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 12.07 start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at Kelso, one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Newbury with a 1.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Doncaster with a 1.45 start. And eight races on the flat on the Southall all-weather. And then on to Sunday. And there are just the two meetings on Sunday. There are seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield with a 1 o'clock start. And seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 1.45 start. So there we go. That's all your fixtures for the weekend. And now a little bit of news. As we all know, Cheltenham's just around the corner. And we should be running a daily preview of the day's racing at Cheltenham with Colin Brown, uh, starting obviously on the day before the big meeting. So that'll be something to put in your diaries to make a note of listening to on Three Valleys Radio. Of course, on the Bresbet Racing Show every Friday at 7 o'clock. But of course, in this case, it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Cheltenham week, of course. Now, unfortunately, Colin Brown appears to be taking over the show because uh, he came on to Three Valleys Radio to do an in-conversation with me recently, and I thought you'd like to have a little listen to some of Colin's recollections of his early days in racing. The show is definitely the Colin Brown Show. We're going to rename it that. The Bresbeck Colin Brown Show. Because this week we did a, a chat with him on In Conversation on Three Valleys Radio, and we're going to play you a, a bit of a teaser from that. So... Have a listen to how Colin got into horse racing. So you're 12 years old and you're charging around the Dorset Hills like the Lone Ranger. I mean, yeah. you know, was it a white horse pony? No, 
No, no, it was a it, it was a little bay thing called Frisk. You know, I got so into it. I was working for various people in the village to raise a bit of money. My dad had built me. He, my old dad, he had a God. It was called an Austin A90 or something, an old yeah. grey thing he had from my mum. And he used to like to keep it in a garage because we didn't have anywhere to park it. So local petrol station in the village. Uh, round behind the fellow was a bit of an engineer. And there was no garage there. So we parked the old car in there. And Dad put a few rails up. And we had this pony in the back of the car stable there. And we rented a field. And I, I saved up enough money. Went and bought another one called Tamarisk. And I was getting into pony club camps then and all over the place. And I was, you know, mixing with the hoity-toity people, if you like. All the posh people that had pony clubbers and horse boxes and God knows what. Going off to these meets, hunting and pony club events i'd i'd ride mine because i didn't have a horse box and my dad would be driving his lorry and my mum would be canvassing because she used to be one of those bollands catalog canvassers and uh, i'd be out on the pony going to all these events and some people give me a lift in a horse box and i'd you know do something in return if you like and um oh it's just great fun what a great childhood i had down in marson on the dorset borders and I just love it down there. It's just brilliant. It brings back a lot of memories when I go down there. Do you go back very often? I do a bit because um, I've got a secret tree down there where my mum and dad's ashes are scattered. And I've got a couple of little memorials, if you like, but no one would know where it is, only me and my sister mm. and, well, our family, if you like. And so I go down there and uh, I take a little candle down for mum and dad, sort of, Christmas, winter time, if you like. There's a candle I bought in Sweden, and it's um, you know you tie it up to the tree, and it comes comes on when it gets dark, and it goes off in the light. It's one of those oh, whatever yeah. you call. Yeah, yeah, and it, lovely it is. And I look down over Petridge and Dorset, and just think, God, I had so many good times down here. You know, my little pony was pretty fast, and there was a couple of guys I knew around that had pony races. And they don't do much pony racing now here. Po proper pony racing this was for money on the new forest. And he had a one or two that he thought was quite fast. And I used to come up and do a bit of work, if you like. We used to go and gallop around the big circle. So I got to know the racing, about, a bit about racing, quite early doors, really. I just loved it. It was passion. I was passionate about it. All my cousins and all my relations also. One day I got knocked out concussed on the pony because I went to jump over a proper hurdle that a little local racehorse trainer had put up on the downlands. And I thought my pony will jump it. And as I got to a fox ran out from underneath it and it ducked out and I hit my head and I was lying there for actually was about oh, 30 minutes. That would explain it then. That explains it. But I couldn't <laughs> tell my mum because like, she hated me riding really. So, you know... I just got back on and that was it. We never wore hats or anything like that. We just galloped about and had a great time. But I'll tell you what, it's, you know, there's a lot of kids now wondering what to do, you know, what my, you know, what they should do is just go and help a few people out around the villages, doing a few jobs, anything, you know, picking up leaves, doing a bit of gardening, muck out the fields, get interested in a few things, you know, put their mobile phones down, stop staring at Facebook and Twitter and whatever it might be. And just get on and look at the country life a bit around them and, you know, teach themselves a little bit and a bit about the countryside and how lucky we are, really. You're beginning to sound like um, David Dimbleby. No, not David. What's his name? <laughs> Is it David Dimbleby? 
I don't know. Anyway, um, so let's 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 move on a little bit. Um, what, what was your first job in racing? Who were you, you know, working for? Well, I worked for for Tony and Freddie Taylor, the people that broke in the horse, uh, Lorne Hills, uh, Lorne Hills um, grandmother, um, with their point, pointers. And then when I actually left school, my dad used to have a few lorries on the M4 up near Swindon. And he also ran a lot of lorries for a guy in Wareham. Some of your listeners will know, um, called Benny Crew. And ben, Benny's Benny's still alive. He lives down near Wareham. And he had garages and all sorts of lorries. My dad used to, um, he used to uh, oversee them on the motorway. So he had horses with Paul Cole, along with a guy called Harry Perry, who had a big timber business in Wareham and Dorset. And um, so they had horses with Paul Cole. So, you know, eventually I was going to write off to go to Paul Cole's to, um, to work. But just as a sort of little summer holiday job, um, Toby Balding through a couple of people I knew around the uh, Martin area. So I went to Toby Balding's and um, oh, a lovely fellow, Toby, bless him. Him and Caro were fantastic people. Um, so he took me on there. No, no money changed. You know, I didn't get earn anything. He just, I just worked for him, and he gave me accommodation. Anyhow, his wife had forgot to get me a bed, and there was no accommodation for a week when I got there. So my mum was going to leave me. Then I said, "I'll be all right," you know. And other, other ex-jockeys now were there working for him: Richard Lindley, Bob Champion, Clive Bailey, all sorts. You know, that had been there. David Ellsworth had been there previously. Anyhow, Toby put me up, and he put me in a stable, and. Um, after a couple of days, I got a bit cold and I got a flu and God knows why I was a bit ill for a couple of days. And um, so I'm just stuck in this table and Toby would come and give me an apple and a carrot, you know, keep me going and I had a little bit of food from the hospital store and that'd be it, really. So My did, mother was beside herself. Did the three wise men visit you as well in the stable? No, nah, because nah, it was summertime. If it had been the winter, I think they probably would have popped in. <laughs> Maybe, you know, Mary and Joseph and a couple of lambs and... Um, <laughs> You know, a bit more straw than the old blue mattress I was lying on. So yeah. My mum said, you can't stay there, Colin. I said, listen, mum, I said, Jesus was born in a stable, I'll be all right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, she used to come up every Sunday, bring me a nice loaf of bread and some cheese and pickled stuff for the week, you know. Anyhow, I stayed at Toby's for about a couple of months, rode out for him and loved it. And then I had a little bit of schooling to finish off. Well, a bit of college work my mum and dad had made me do before I went into racing properly. And it was called a pre-apprentice course, Salisbury College, I call it university, to people that don't understand Salisbury uh, College. Um, and they, I did a pre-apprentice course in bricklaying, welding, carpentry, painting and decorating, and hated it. Um, but one thing I did get from it, it was in the summer, I got a bus pass, so when it was Salisbury races, I used to get the bus along to Coombe, get off the bus, walk up to the races and watch all the jockeys, you know, Barrier Starts, Frank Morby, bless him, he died the other day, Lester, Joe Mercer, he died the other day, all those lovely old jockeys, Jimmy Lindley, um, all riding at Salisbury. And so my pre-apprentice course came to a bit of an end because basically Colin Brown was never going to learn anything much at that college. I just mucked about meeting my sister for a fag at lunchtime and a couple of old, cup of old routine and going to the races, 
getting the morning paper, looking at the racing or in a, a tote account and um, on telephone account. And um, so that was it. So they gave in to me, if you like. And off I went to work for Paul Cole. That was my first proper job in Lambourne, pound a week. Nice hostel room. And Mrs. Cram, some old girl in the village, used to cook us some lovely greasy food. And your first winner came, it says here, on the 15th of September, 1973. Um, Correct. And it was called uh, Soissant Nerf, which is quite appropriate Soissant. in your case. Uh, a 9-2 winner. Can you remember much about that? Yeah, I had sixes about it, nine to two. Yeah, it got well back. Well, a funny old job, because when I left Paul Coles, I started work for someone called Misa Easton, Dr. Barnes. She was a lovely, lovely, lovely person. And um, she was an anaesthetist. And Dr. Barnes is a professional name. She got a bit over-refreshed quite often and used to lose her driving license. So I was driving by then. So she said, you drive me around, old boy. I'll put you on your first winner. So we had plans to run Swazon Nerf um, for a couple of three months now in this race at Newton Abbott in September. And I remember it well. It was my sister's 21st birthday. And um, Swazon Nerf was David Ellsworth's very last winner as a rider. He retired at Botwell, like in May. And then she gave the horse a bit of time and got him back for this race at Newton Abbott. Well... I, I didn't really know, you know, I mean, I, I not really, nowadays I'm a jockey coach and jockey coaches are, you know, fantastic help to young riders. And, you know, really no one teaching me what's what. I scored over fences and hurdles quite a few times, but only in a haphazard way, you know, there hadn't been anything very, very, very sort of um, professional about it in my mind, really. I just got on and did what I thought was right. And anyhow, I got on this thing at Newton Abbott. We went round. I kicked it into the lead at the last off. It went and won. And I remember now, I've got the picture now, and you've got Ford Anglers on the side, Ford Prefects, you know, <laughs> all those lovely old cars that you like to own now, uh, all on the side by the last turtle. And it was my sister's birthday, so Meter had a few scoops down at Newton Abbott, then drove the horse box back quite badly. Um... And then she came to our house in the evening, and I can remember we all got fairly over refreshed because it was my, it was my my um, sister's birthday. I think we had to get someone to drive me to East and the trainer home. And um, all in all, it was good fun. It finished third next time out. Had about 150 rides before I rode another winner. Well, there you go. That's how Colin got into racing. Sweet, sweet memories you gave. Yeah, it's time for our memories spot again. One fresh and tender kiss. Here's old Dean Martin singing us in. one stolen night of And this week we're going to feature the 1988 Triumph Hurdle, which was run by, believe it or not, a flat horse. Uh, which was trained by Sir Michael Stout. And it was written by Richard Dunwoody. So have a listen to the audio from the race. Forget a small moonbeam. up and uh, they settled on in the early stages and over on the far side, South Parade, 
is the early leader. South Parade with record flight who jumps it in the center. Right up with them a high stead. Chatham also prominent and Bicoloy alongside Bicoloy. South Parade, Gilt Bronze over on the far side. Crobensis is right up there in the early stages too. And it's Gilt Bronze, High Stead, and Record Flight. These disputing it as they come down towards the next flight. Gilt Bronze over on the far side. High Stead in the center. South Parade. Crobensis right up there with Surfboard. And also prominent on the near side is Chesham Square. But as they go out into the country, it's South Parade who's taking them along. South Parade in the lead from, on the inside, Gilt Bronze, then Cabrensis and Heisted, then Chesham Square and Surfboard. Just behind them are Wingspan, then Record Flight, then Bicoloy. Behind Bicoloy is Chatham. On the inside uh, is Caden. Jason's quest uh, taking no part. South Parade at the third from Surfboard. Jumps right up with him. Chesham Square there on the outside. Gilt Bronze on the inner with Crebensis. And just behind Crebensis is Sea Island and Wingspan. And behind them, Kadan, Chatham towards the outside. Record flight well up with them too. Bicoloy well there over the fourth. And Old Dundalk making ground towards the outside. With upsides him, Carla Pez, who just can't get to the front yet. Coming down to the next. Chatham on the outside, Sea Island on the near side, but Surfboard just shades them as they jump it. They begin to swing left-handed. And as they do so, it's Surfboard, South Parade and Chatham being followed by Crebensis and Wingspan. Then Chesham Square and Bicoloy and Cadan on the inside and behind them Old Dundalk making good ground, chased by Carla Pez as they come to the next three from home. South Parade is going to land in the lead. It's a long way from home, but Surfboard out jumps him there and goes on from Chatham in second. Chesham Square. Uh, South Parade fighting his way back. Cobrensis threatening just in behind the leaders there. Then comes Wingspan. Then Kadan. Then Calapers moving up on the outside with old Dundalk also. They run downhill. They've only got two flights left to jump in the Daily Express Triumph, but a long way to go, and it's surfboard on the inside. Disputing it now with Chatham. Carlopez still coming there on the outer. Just in behind them is uh, Crebensis and Old Dundalk. Chesham Square still well in contention. Coming down to the second last, Chatham, surfboard, and South Parade, those three almost in line. Carla Pez makes a slight mistake there. It's Surfboard and Steve Smith Eccles, South Parade. And Crebensis coming there very strongly. Chatham in the lead, though, as they swing round the home turn. It's Chatham with the advantage now from Crebensis coming there very strongly on the stand side. Chatham the leader from Crebensis, then Chatham, then Wahiba making very good ground. As they come down towards the final flight, Chatham on the far side, Crebensis really motoring in the centre, Wahiba in third place. These three have the Daily Express triumph between them. Crebensis is going to land in the lead. 
Scribensis lands in the lead at the last. Wahiba is second on the near side. It's Scribensis from Wahiba as they race into the closing stages. Scribensis on the far side. Wahiba on the near side. Scribensis is going to win this for Sheikh Mohammed and Michael Stout. He comes to the line with a three-length advantage and going away now. Scribensis has won the Daily Express Crown. Fertile second is Wahiba and third is Chatham. That's the one, two, three. It's going to be very close for four. Well, that, of course, was... Peter O'Sullivan with commentary from the race. And now we're going to go walkabouts to Patagonia, would you believe, which I'm reliably informed is a three-hour flight from Buenos Aires in Argentina. And over there, waiting for our call, is Mr Richard Dunwoody. Well, morning, Richard. Thanks for coming on uh, on the show for us again. Um, Crebensis, uh, 1988. Um, the first thing to say is he was a flat horse and... and you know, Michael Stout trained it and Sheikh Mohammed owned it. How come he was in the Triumph Hurdle? Yes, um, he was a cracking little horse to, to ride. Um, he was a good flat horse. Um, Michael had the idea, and, and obviously Sheikh, Sheikh Mohammed, um, to run the horse over, over hurdles. And uh, I was lucky to, to pick up a ride on him. And what, what can you remember about the race itself? Um, I think he, he basically travelled very well. Uh, um, and yeah, made made it all very very easy. He he was good over his hurdles. He was he was pretty quick, um, and he he'd been well schooled. I think uh, James Fanshawe had had done had been involved a lot lot in his schooling as well as the the governor Michael Stout, Sir Michael Stout, and um, yeah, the horse uh, took to took to hurdles um, really really well. So um, no, it was it was a good day. Was it your only um, triumph in the triumph hurdle, if you excuse the pun? Um, no, I think I've, I won a, uh, another race on Paddy's return. Right. Um, which was, yeah, a few few years later. Um, I'm not saying shortly before I retired, but he would have been, Paddy's return would have been one of my last uh, Cheltenham winners. Okay, and, and from, from, from there, what happened to Krebensis after that? Where did he go? Well, obviously, Krebensis, after the, after the um, winning... That race, he, he went on to win a champion um, in 1990. Um, so one of my one of my biggest winners, and um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. The, uh, he was favourite uh, for the race in in between sort of 88, 89. He was he came back. He was favourite for the champion hurdle. Yeah. And um, he he got beat that year. I maybe made a bit too too much use of him, but he was only a five year old. And uh, coming back stronger the next year as as a six year old, he uh, he hacked up and um, was was spot on again that day. Um, yeah, great memories. Nineteen ninety. Was it the only time you rode ostensibly a flat horse in in a in a Cheltenham race? No, you, there were there were other horses. Uh, the, the horse that actually finished second to me, nomadic nomadic way. Um, he was a good flat horse as well. Um, so I rode, yeah, I rode a fair few. Um, good, good horses that graduated from from flat and went went jumping went early. Well, that was Richard Dunwoody over in Patagonia of all places, which is uh, as I said earlier about three hours from Buenos Aires. So he's uh, indulging in another of his projects over there. But we thank him for his commitment to Three Valleys Radio and coming on to the show as he did. Thank you very much, Richard. Well, now it's Bresbet time and it's time to catch up with uh, Sam up at Bresbet. Well, good morning, Sam. Um, it's a lovely sunny day down here in Somerset. What's the weather like with you up there in Sheffield? I wish I could say the same, mate. We've had, had rain all day so far. Oh, have you? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Thanks for change. Thanks for change. <laughs> yeah. I gather you've got some cracking football prices for us this week, though. 
Yeah, very very quiet sporting weekend for us, to be honest, AD. It's very much a calm before the storm now in, in the run-up to the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. And also the the unsettled weather that's sweeping the country means that we've we've not actually done too much on the horse prices yet for this weekend. No, uh, but, but hopefully we, we might get some up tomorrow when we know what the non-runners are and things like that. But we've, mm. we've really just focused on, on the football this weekend. Okay, so what have you got then? So what we've done, we've um, we've got a Premier League double and a Championship double, but all all filled with teams that you you would hope would get the win. So in the Premier League, we've gone with Chelsea to beat Burnley, yeah, and Liverpool to beat West Ham. the The was price for that is ten to eleven. Will be an industry best eleven to ten. Uh huh. And then in the Championship. Um, We've got Middlesbrough had a fantastic result midweek, beating Tottenham in the cup. Uh, got a manager in who I'm very familiar with, being a Sheffield United fan, who for me is the best manager I've seen at Bramall Lane, and he seems to be working the same wonders at Middlesbrough. He's put him in a good position since he's taken over. Yeah, and that's Middlesbrough against Luton, and then Fulham against Blackburn. We've boosted the Middlesbrough Fulham double from thirteen to eight to fifteen to eight. Mhm. Okay. Well, that's a, that's another good price, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're both both quite generous boosts. We we like to try and get the the Favs beat in each division. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be a great result for me if Middlesbrough and Fulham did look well, especially Middlesbrough. Quite like a draw there, actually, with them playing Luton. Yeah. It'd look nice for Sheffield United win tonight, take us into playoff places again. Yeah, yeah. So, all going quite well then. And, and obviously, anything else is likely to go up on the Bresbet Specials page, is it? Yeah, there'll be some more specials throughout the day. As I say, it's quite—it's a relatively quiet weekend sporting-wise. We've had a lot of rugby on recently, but mm. it's a blank week there until the week after. Racing's very much quiet and down now, ready for the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, and it's its just a case of a couple of quiet weeks now, ready for the, the main event. Two oh. weeks' time. Okay then, Sam. Well, you best go and, go and have a lie down then while you've got the chance. I'll tell you, get the feet up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, mate. Well, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Speak to them, mate. Well, there you go. That was uh, Sam up at Bresbet. And don't forget to check out Bresbet's website, which is www.bresbet.com. And they'll have an awful lot of good prices up there on their specials page, which is the place to look. Now we're going to catch up with Sam Hoskins from Hot to Trot Racing. We haven't heard from Sam for a while, and obviously they've been concentrating on the jumpers, but the flat season is not that far away now, so... Sam's going to give us an update on exactly how things are running at Hot to Trot. Okay, well, I'm really pleased to welcome back to the show Sam Hoskins from Hot to Trot Racing. Sam, you haven't been on for a while. What's been happening with Hot to Trot Racing? Well, it's been quite quiet recently, Amy. Um, we've had some jumpers going over the winter. It's been a bit of a mixed season so far. We had a, a winner in October with Trinka Malie, and he ran well at Wincanton 10 days ago. Um, he might run at Aintree, but uh, some of the babies perhaps have been a bit disappointing. But uh, we've got some nice ones coming up, and I think it would last a legend trained by Harry Fry is one to look out for in, in early March. And, and, and a filly trained by Philip Hobbs called Shabby Shoe Dupoitou is also one to have a look out for because she's better than she's been shown today. But uh, um, yeah, it's been a bit, of a, a bit of a mixed winter, but I'm really starting to look forward to the flat season, which isn't that far away now. No, quite. And uh, what about all the uh, all the two year olds, all the new two year olds in in shall we Hot to Trot Two, for example? How are they coming through? Yeah, they're all, they're looking good. Um, there's actually not there's, there's two new two year olds in in two Hot to Trot. Uh, uh, a filly called 
Rage of Bambi, who's a filly by the first season sign of Saxon Warrior. She's with Eve Johnson Horton. And um, and as well as, as well as her, we've got the, the team includes Mile Miglia, who won last season at Newmarket in the Five Gocks. Uh, we've got an unraced filly called Dorothy, who's a, a full sister to the Tin Man. She's a Charlie Fellow in Newmarket. Uh, we've got uh, a filly called Leaping Lena, who's uh, a filly by Caravaggio, who's with William Jarvis in Newmarket. She's a half-sister to Blaine and Boga, to redoubtable sprinters for Kevin Ryan a few years ago. And um, uh, we've got um, Plagiarise was in training last season. She's not going to continue this year. But we've got another new two-year-old called Pantaral, who's a filly by Mount Nelson, who's with Johnny Portman, and another man he trained called Baby Later. And I think that's the full team. And so uh, it's an exciting group of horses. Yeah, absolutely. So how many all together have we got in, in Hot to Trot 2 then this year? We've got six horses and um, two, two two-year-olds and four old horses. So hopefully I named them all right there. Yeah. And of those, if you had to be a betting man in that, and I gave you £100 and said, go on, Sam, put that on the best one of the lot, which one would you put it on? tricky um i think i think uh, i did miss one out actually i missed out poor emily post is in new oh yeah Midland. yeah Fred bethel who was second uh, at newcastle last season on our only start um her second start um i think uh the two to the, of the older fillies i think mia miglia um is capable of lots of further progress and she's one for the tracker because i think she'll be she'll be winning races and should be well handicapped off her rating and of the new of the new youngsters i think punterella's gorgeous filly who could be anything yeah yeah because what we want is another heartwarming don't we and um exactly uh, uh, curious. curious yeah exactly that's right yeah, that's that would right. be exciting um, and, but there's some really nice young horses in there and it's, it's and, and, and the good thing, and this last season was a big point on action but the thing is that last year we only had two older horses and four two-year-olds uh, whereas this year it's the other way around we've got four old horses and two two-year-olds so we should be a much busier season this year and I hope that will lead to a lot of fun for all the members like yourself yeah quite absolutely um, well I hope so and uh, are you getting plenty of uh, new members joining up we have yeah it tends but January February is quite quiet we've got a few more spaces left in, in the two hot trots and the kids so if anyone's interested in getting involved then do get in touch um, it tends to every, everything comes alive just before Cheltenham and you, in the past we've always sold a few the few of the remaining memberships late, late on in, in March when people start getting the racing bug from Cheltenham and, and the start of the flat season yeah quite absolutely well now's your chance to push it uh, it's, what's the website address hot to trot dot com isn't it hotshotracing.com and um, hotshotracing.com and uh, yeah and please send me an email sam at hotshotracing.com if you'd like to come along for a morning on the gallops to have a taster excellent thank you sam that is brilliant i will be looking forward to the first runner which must be fairly soon now i suppose well yeah probably early april i thought yeah well that's not too bad it's just only a month and a half probably so yeah exactly yeah exciting yeah well we, i've missed it you know we want to have a bit of action now I know exactly, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, what loads of runners at Salisbury, please, if I can make yeah. my request. <laughs> yeah, that would be our best. Okay, Sam, well, that's fine. Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Pleasure, that'd be great. Thanks, Aidy. Thanks, Sam, you're a star. Bye bye. Good, good chat. Cheers. Bye bye. Well, now it's time to catch up with a couple of our regular trainers and visits, and it's uh, Jamie Snowden and Milton Harris. Right, well, hi, Jamie, on a train, so keep whispering. Um, <laughs> How's it all going? All right? Yeah, good form, thanks, Eddie. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously we haven't had a, a huge amount of runners this week, no. um, but we've got, well, we've got a busy weekend ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. What what about Cheltenham? I mean, Cheltenham's getting ever closer. How's how's things looking? Yeah, we've got. Um, I think we've got a, we've got quite a few entries, but I think we're going to probably go with four of them. We won't go with all of them, but I think four four are probably going to take their take their, take their chance. All being well. Yeah. Can you tell me what those four are, or do you don't want to risk? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Kiltilly Briggs is going to go on the Tuesday to the ultimate, the three-mile handicap chase. I think Mildam is going to go for the Boodles Fred Winter. Yeah. And then on the Thursday, I think Stony Mountain is going to go for the um, the, the Potemps final. Right. And then on the Friday, Arthur um, Parole, Albany Wales, is going to go for the County Hurdle. Right, OK. And um, Gavin Sheehan riding so Gav will ride three of them. Um, Adrian Heskin will ride Kiltilly Briggs. Kiltilly Briggs is owned by the McNeil family and their retained rider is Adrian Heskin. Oh, I see, right, yeah, yeah. And, of course, talking of retained riders, to a degree anyway, I had a, a lovely conversation yesterday afternoon with Paige Fuller. Oh, did you? Brilliant. She's lovely, isn't she? Yeah, no, she was really good. And, um, yeah, it was. A, it was. we talked about all sorts of different things and hunting and, and uh, you know um, injuries and uh, mind you our music tastes a bit dodgy but um, <laughs> I'm going to have to have a word with her about that but no yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really good and um, no she was very nice so it was, it was nice to get it so thanks for setting that one up for me um, no worries at all and um, yeah well you know so basically what, what about the weekend have you got much running on the weekend We've got three on Saturday. We've got That's Right Gina running in a greater at Kelso. Yeah. Um, Hardy Desoy runs in a novice handicap up there, uh, a class two novice handicap up there. And um, we've got one Soldier of Destiny who runs in a novice handicap at Newbury. Right, right. So you're going to have a nice little drive up to Kelso then, aren't you? I'm going to go to Newbury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Alex, our travelling head girl, has got a nice drive up to Kelso. Yeah, where, where's Kelso exactly? I know it's Scotland, but where? Um, yeah, so uh, we'll head up, head up the um, the M5, M6, um, up to Carlisle, then across from Carlisle over to over to uh, to Kelso. How far up from Carlisle would it be? Uh, another two and a half hours, probably. Oh, nurse. Uh, oh well, rather her than me. <laughs> so a bit, bit, bit of a bit of a trek, but we'll we'll go we'll go up tomorrow. Um, race on Saturday and come back Saturday evening. So would it be fair to say then, if you're going all the way up with two horses, that you 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 might sort of have a bit of a squeak in one of them or or both of them even? Yeah, um, it's, yeah. I think I think I mean obviously we don't, we don't want to be travelling all that far with, with with horses that wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we got yeah they're two two really nice horses, but they're two good races. Um, yeah, yeah. That's right. Gino runs in a Grade Two. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a competitive race. Um, he's probably got a few pounds to find, but he's 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 won two of his three starts this season. And um, Hardy Desoy's won two of his five starts this season. He was second in a Grade Two last time out, so he's back in handicap company. Yeah, two good chances will bring one. Good, good. Well, I hope you have a good weekend, sir. Thank you very much. Fingers and crossed. Thank you very much for joining us this week, and we'll we'll talk to you again next week if that's all right. Great stuff. Look forward to it. Thanks, Thank Eddie. You. Thanks, Jamie. Bye bye for now. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, well, that was Jamie Snowden, and now this is Milton Harris. Well, afternoon, Milton. Um, what sort of a week have you had racing wise? Yeah, good week. Yeah, we've. Um, I think I lose track of days, but we had a winner on Monday, didn't we? Len Venom. I lose track of days today, so so we had a winner at Plumpton. I think I think it was uh, Monday. Uh, we the horses are still running well, and we've got a few to look forward to over the next few days. Obviously, Cheltenham Festival coming up. 
Yeah, now talking of the Cheltenham Festival, um, it's ever closer, what, two weeks away now. How many have you yep. got entered and, and you know, how many well, are you hoping we, to run? We've got five or six entered. I'd say we'd have three or four runners. Look, we've got to get in the races. They've got to stay injury-free. But um, we, I'd be very surprised if we don't have at least three. Uh, it's very hard to win there. The Irish are very strong this year, as usual. But um, yeah. if you're not in, you can't win, can you? No, absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to buy a ticket if you want to win the lottery, that's for that's sure. That's it, that's yeah, it. Absolutely. So out of your three or four, which one do you, you know, is top of your list of, of potential winners? Well, the, the, the public would be aware of Knight Salute, who won again at Kempton on Saturday, won a grade two at three. He's, won. he's honest, he's brave, he's tenacious. If he's, I'm not sure he's good enough to win the Triumph, but he'll certainly give them a race and I'd be very surprised and disappointed if he wasn't in the first three in the Triumph he's unbeaten five runs yeah. um, and, it, and he'll be very competitive we run Rosie Redrum who I love in the bumper she gets all the allowances she she will have an each way chance um, we may well run Mullenbeg in the bumper um, but she ha- she'll have the option of Sandown the Saturday before um, and we have got a horse called Silver Shade who I like in the Google's juvenile handicap but I think he might struggle to get in the race Right, right. Um, what what's the going like you to be like? Do you think of the way things are well, going? I think, well, I think the way the racing is nowadays. I think Cheltenham will make sure it's good to soft. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at its quickest on the opening day, maybe even soft, good to soft in places. And now they they work towards safety for the animals, which is quite right. Yeah. Um, it will it will never. It used to sometimes open good on the first day. I'd be surprised if it opened good on the first day. I would think good to soft, soft in places, sort of scenario. Yeah. Um, this weekend, have you got any runners? Yeah, we've got um, on Saturday. We've got two runners. We've got a horse called Jennifer Lex of Calso. I thought he'd take the world of beating. The race isn't strong, and he's a nice little horse. He just had a bit of a mishap last time. And we run Mordred, who we ran yesterday and didn't get the best ride. And we run him back quick, but he's just come back from San Maritz and He'll run on Saturday, and then he'll have a, a little break. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have a, and we'll have a few runners next week, um, which we aren't yet entered. But um, no, two at the weekend, of which I would say Jennifer Lex is our best chance. And did you say one of them is going to Kelso? Yeah, Jennifer is going. Yeah. He's going up there. It's a long way, I know, but uh, the ge- the gentleman that owns it is a lovely, elderly gentleman. It's the right race, and he does have a, an entry for child on the horse, but he'd need to win and win well to justify that entry. But it's, it's a fair old way to go, nonetheless. So, I mean, you know, you must have a bit yeah, of an yeah. inkling that he's going to run well. Yeah, we're going to take him up the day before. He'll go up on the day before and uh, travel up on Friday, race on Saturday, back Saturday night. So I've got two nice young girls who work for me. They'll share the driving. They know what they're doing, so that'll, that'll work well. Yeah. Well, all I can say is um, best of luck for the weekend and obviously best of nope. luck for Chelsea. We'll speak to you before Chelsea. Yeah, we'll anyway. speak to you before and hopefully we can find a winner there. That'll be, that'll be a magnificent yeah. to, our, to our season if we can do that. Absolutely. Thanks, Milton. I'll speak to you next week. Well, that was Milton Harris. Now we're going to talk to the Sporting Live, Simon Holt. Well, good morning, Simon. Nice of you to join us. Um, completely unscheduled, this visit, so uh, even luckier. How are you this morning? <laughs> Oh, not too bad at all. Um, of course, the uh, the countdown is well and truly on now uh, until the Cheltenham Festival, isn't it? And, and yeah. Saturday's racing this Saturday is always a little bit um, a little bit tame, I suppose you could say, because there's so many horses that won't be running so close to the festival. Yeah, uh, good horses. But nevertheless, uh, Kelso have, I think it must be their richest meeting and their richest race as well i think it must be this bet 365 more battle hurdle which yeah. is taking place tomorrow and it sees the return of the dual champion hurdler bouverder who's yeah. now an 11 year old and uh, is obviously quite a fragile horse he's been off the course for 11 uh, months uh, he ran at the aintree grand national meeting 
on his final of two starts last season and finished fourth there behind Abracadabra. And he's now making his reappearance. Now, he's got top weight of 11 stone 12, but actually he's remarkably well handicapped on his pass form. But obviously he's not as good as he used to be. But yeah. he's an interesting runner. And Nicky Henderson has, has won this race um, nine runnings of it. So uh, his trainer, Bouverdez trainer, does specialise in this race. However, there's um, some strong rivals. There's Metier, who came back to winning form at Lingfield. Uh, in heavy ground last time out. And an interesting Irish runner, I think, called Autumn Evening, trained by Jessica Harrington. And this horse ran third in a really hot handicap hurdle at Leopardstown over the course of the Dublin Racing Festival weekend last time. And he cruised into the lead going to the final flight, but then didn't jump the last very well and, and was passed by a couple on the running. But he travelled like a good horse. And earlier in the season, he was upsized the champion hurdle third favourite, Tihapu, uh, in, a, in a conditions race, along with um, last season's triumph hurdle winner, Quilixios, and seemed to have every chance until blundering his rider away at the second last. I think that was a nace earlier in the season. So I thought he was an interesting runner, um, uh, though... Uh, you know, a good quality contest. And you've got the recent course winner, Sandaru, in there as well, and Cormier, who won at Cheltenham last time. So that's a very good race, Adrian. Mm, at, absolutely. Uh, it, it used to be a non-handicap, but it, it's now a handicap. I, I think that it was positioned as a bit of a half a champion hurdle trial, I suppose, in the past. But it is, it's a bit too close for Cheltenham or for trainers to send potential champion hurdle horses, I think. Though, I don't know whether Metier might still run at Cheltenham for Harry Fry, but he does really prefer a lot of cut in the ground, so it would have to be very soft, I imagine, yeah, if he yeah. was going to run. Well, I suppose you can, with the prize money on offer, you can understand why quite a lot of um, southern-based trainers are taking the trouble to go up there. Well, absolutely. That more battle hurdle's got £100,000 in guaranteed prize money. Mm. And the race before it, the Bet365 Premier Chase, has got £50,000 guaranteed. And that's drawn the uh, Donkster winner, Windsor Avenue, course specialist, Big River. And some very strong southern raiders, Esquadra Rome, trained by Kim Bailey, the horse that was giving Chantry House a big run for his money at Aintree back at last, falling at the second last, and Itchy Feet, who's a very talented horse for Ollie Murphy, a bit frustrating perhaps, he's got a lot of ability, and they're putting blinkers on him for the first time. So uh, that's quite a clash, I think, between Esquadra Rome and Itchy Feet. I think they will be the ones to fight it out properly, though Windsor Avenue did come back to form last time out with blinkers fitted, and the top one, Nuts Well, is one of the best chasers in the north so uh, that's a very good race as well yeah and yeah. Uh, overall you know it's a, it's a good card and there's a there's a very hot novice hurdle earlier on again with fifty thousand pounds in guaranteed prize money and alan lodge who's got a penalty to concede to the opposition but has looked at a very nice horse one well i thought at uh, cheltenham last time out despite still looking a bit green and one for Donald McCain, Richmond Lake, who was behind North Lodge early in the season, but hasn't done much wrong since. And I think he's a really solid horse. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's also racing at uh, Newbury and uh, Doncaster as well. At Newbury, the uh, big race is the Greatwood Gold Cup. And uh, this looks quite a competitive race. It's uh, 
an open contest. I think there's a, a few that you could give a different chance to. Amula Gold, Paint the Dream. They've all been um, having some good runs this season. Amour de Nui was a winner last time out at Musselburgh. Faraday for Venetia Williams. Glenn Forcer won at uh, Musselburgh last time out. And at the top, Kildesart, who's coming back from a long absence, but a, a pretty talented horse. And perhaps the horse to keep a close eye on is Alan King's senior citizen, who's being lined up for a crack at the Totten Trophy at the Grand National Meeting. He's got a good record over the big fences at Aintree. And uh, he's back from a mid-season break and uh, ran quite well in this race last year, in fact. So uh, senior citizen wanted to keep an eye on. I think one of, one of the things to bear in mind, though, is quite a rainy forecast. I think it'll be soft ground across the country tomorrow. Uh, I think senior system's probably a little bit better on a drier surface, particularly as he has stamina limitations at um, certainly getting 2-4, 2-5, although this race tomorrow, the Great Big Gold Cup, is uh, two, is under two and a half miles, so you wouldn't rule him out. So that's um, that's a decent race at um, Newbury tomorrow. And at Doncaster, it's the Grimthorpe chase, which is... Uh, Perhaps one of their um, their better known uh, races over jumps at Doncaster, of course, the, the home of the St Ledger, and uh, in the Grimthorpe Chase, three and a quarter miles tomorrow, it sees Cloth Cap, who was the horse that started favourite for last year's Grand National, and uh, he had a bit of a breathing problem, I think, and he's not been in quite the same form this season as he was last season, but. Um, uh, if he's on song, he's getting a little bit better handicap now. He's got top weight of 11-12. He's up against the improving Lamilos, who's on a hat-trick, and Storm Control for Kerry Lee, who was second to, um, uh, what was the name, Windsor. Is it Windsor? Did I say Windsor Castle? Or the... Yeah, rings, <laughs> the, 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 the rings a bell, Windsor Castle. Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, I forgot. I've just suddenly forgotten the horse's name. Windsor Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Windsor Avenue. There you go. Um, on the course last time, and um, Storm Control ran very well there. So uh, that's that's the highlight on the card at, uh, at Doncaster tomorrow. So it's not the um, the highest quality Saturday racing, but then, as I say, it's the proximity of the festival, the Cheltenham Festival, that you you can put that down to. Lovely jumble. Thank you ever so much, Simon, uh, coming on sort of out of the blue like that because I got the dates wrong. So uh, we do appreciate that. And um, not at all. I, 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 we'll catch up with you next week. I take it to do Cheltenham, yeah. Yeah, we, we've got um, the Imperial Cup on the Saturday, and um, we'll have a little look ahead to the festival um, the following week, which starts on the following Tuesday right through to the Friday. Right. So a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. Thanks, Simon. You're a star. I think it's fair to say you're going to have plenty of information for the racing this weekend because now here comes the cheeky chappy. It's Colin Brown. Evening, Colin. Good evening, AD. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Uh, just had my tea and uh, just get this done now and then I shall sit down and watch Dragon's Den. You really? Mm. Dragon's Den. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you ever sort of, um, do you ever sort of, you know, have you ever sort of... Been been on there as a live guest no. because I suppose they no you haven't. No, I thought you no. might with some ideas you might have. Well, no, I always look at the program in case I can pick up some ideas from it. But you see some yeah, of them and you think you know some of them. Right. Just I just can't believe they're trying it, but they are. So there you go. Anyway, where are we going today, then, yeah. old dog? Doncaster, you said, didn't well, you? Yeah, I think we'll start at Doncaster. It's good racing at Donny, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll move on down or up to Kelso. Right, okay. And then we'll come down to Lingfield, then we'll have a little look at Newbury. Righty-ho. Uh, 
see what's happening there. Right, let's have a look at Doncaster. Um, I'm going to move straight into um, where are we? The fourth race there, the Grimthorpe Chase, and um, that's at three thirty. And um, quite an interesting little race. There's a horse that's been a bit disappointing. He was made favourite for last year's national, called Cloth Cap. But yeah. he sort of needs to come out and win, really, um, to get him back in the spirit of racing and back into maybe the national picture, if you like. And uh, he probably could. He uh, he ran last time at Ascot, um, and uh, he refused at the last. He made a bad mistake two out, but uh, taking notes of that, he's been well-schooled since. It was a good race that day, and I think he'll probably come back to form. That's number one cloth cap in the 3.30 up there at Doncaster. Rightio. Okay. So then, um, I'm looking at a horse that's a bit of an improver this year in our 4.05. It's called Impo. And he didn't run last time out because the ground was too heavy for him. But he's a real improver, this horse. He runs off a mark of 117. He's been beaten off a marks of, you know, much lower, but over shorter trips. But since he's moved up in trips, he's run some fantastic races. He's owned by a good friend of mine and trained by Gary Moore. Josh Moore rides him. I think you take the beating there. It'd be nice ground. It's a £20,000 uh, race. And I don't think this one will be far away. Um, that's probably my best two bets there. We've got uh, more bets down at the other places, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So we're okay. going to now travel up to um, Kelso. And, okay. uh, any old trainers got some runners there? Then you speak to a few trainers every week. Funnily enough, they have. Uh, in the first, first race at yeah. Kelso, one o'clock, uh, Milton Harris has got Genuflex, um, which he did sound quite quietly confident about that one. So that's one. And I'm just trying to think where the other one is. I think it's in that one. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jamie Snowden has got Hardy Du Sol in the 343. He's nine to four favourite at the moment. And then there's one okay. more, which I've got to find uh, something about, not that one, no, it must be the next one. No, it's not that one either. Where is it then? Well, maybe it's down here. I don't know. Yeah, there it is. Uh, That's All Right Gino, which is oh, yeah. in the one. Oh, yeah, I know the one, yeah. 132. So that's, right, that's okay. the two for... Um, uh, for Jamie, and as I say, Milton Harris had the other one, so you know, you pay your money yeah. and you take your choice, don't you? Well, Jenny Flex was trained by Richard Hannon on the flat and had quite good form into the sort of you know, late 70s, 80s, really. It was mm. rated 80 once actually when it was third at Sandown, so not a bad horse. And actually, I'm just looking at it now, it's owned by a friend of mine, funnily enough, called John Pearl, uh -huh. who was in fact his. his him and his dad, I wrote John Pearl, a winner for David Ellsworth once. Yeah. He only ever had about one or two winners. He had horses for 20 years, just goes to show you. And uh, Jennifer Flex is owned by uh, John's dad, John Pearl. 
So, uh, uh, John's son, rather. So, um, let's hope that wins for him. He's put a bit in the race and he needs to take a bit out. Yeah, yeah. That's all right, Gino. Yeah, I can see that. Um, will it win? Well, not sure, actually. I think it's probably got... Uh, it's probably got some um, Richmond Lake to beat Donald McCain. Second to John Bonnet Haydock last time. I would say this will take the beating. So, you know, Jamie, I I I, I respect he's a very good trainer and I respect his um opinion, but I think Richmond Lake will get up and win there. Um ran a real good race second to John Bonnet. My I was third, so he's about two to one. Um on to the 205 uh, up there at Kelso. I love Kelso, actually. It's a great track and um, beautiful area if you've, if you've mm. never been. I don't know whether you've ever been to Kelso. I've, I've never been to Scotland, strangely enough. I don't know why, but I haven't. Have you really? No, never yeah. been to Scotland. Have you had a sort of letter from the Scottish government saying don't bother coming up there, was it? Yeah, I think that's probably what will put me off, really, to be honest. Absolutely. Uh, anyhow, uh, in in our um, four twenty up there, I think uh, same colours. Famous Bridge can win for Nicky Richards and uh, Brian Hughes rides that one's about four to one. So uh, they're my sort of best bets. Would I have to say probably up there at um, Newcastle? Some real good racing, but you just mentioned itchy feet. Not without a chance, is he? Third to a right at Newcastle. You mentioned Newcastle when we're actually at Kelso, but don't worry about it. I'm sure that they can get some tablets for you. Um, you'll be all right in the end. <laughs> no, I know I you will. I, I said itchy feet was third. Yes, but at you Newcastle. also said you also said that we were at Newcastle. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just just keep taking the tablets. All right. I'll keep taking the tablets. Thank you very much indeed. That's okay. That's most kind. Yeah, anytime. Uh, right, where are we go? Right, um, let's not mention Newcastle again. Let's go now to Lingfield for Saturday's racing. Okay. Um, Lingfield it is. Uh, Lingfield Park. Yeah, it's just a bit of flat racing down there. Um, right. A bit of flat racing there. I like Lingfield. It's a good old track. Um, anyhow, a mate of mine... Um, Canon's Bay Bloodstock, uh, Roger Kilby, owns a horse called Savoy Brown. It was third at Kempton the other day. It's not that good, but it's won a race. Um, it's been placed a few times, and it looks off a reasonable handicap mark. It's called Savoy Brown, and it runs in the thir 13.59. Oh, it's good that you should mention that bit. What's it called again? Savoy? Oh, yeah. S Savoy Savoy Brown. Oh, Savoy Brown. I can't see it. S-A-V-O-Y. You've probably never been in the Savoy. So you what? what really it's not in the 135. No, it's in the 13.59. Well, you didn't say that. Which is which well, is one. No, it's not. It can't be. There isn't one at 159. There's one at 210. Isn't there? Unless I'm on the wrong date. No, I'm on the wrong date. That's what it is. Yeah. That's stupid right. computer. So... Yeah, no, you can't blame the computer. You yeah, can't blame yeah. the computer. Yeah, it's a void round. I've, I've got it now. I've just taken a tablet. Yeah. I've just taken a tablet, so it's all right. I'll be okay. Yeah, good boy, good boy. That's good. That's Savoy okay. Brown. Um, right, okay, 159. We're back right. on track. Back on track. Right, moving on to the uh, 
419, if you can find that, we'll give you a couple of... Yeah, no, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. The Spring Cup, a listed race on the all-weather. It's a good race as well, this one. Um, What what wins it, what wins it? I think Haggis' horse canonised can win. Was second to El Caballo up at Newcastle the other day. Uh, Runs at Lingford, not Newcastle. And um, it's called canonised. And uh, I think that can probably win. Okay. Uh, right. What else um, down there? There's a horse actually that's not a bad horse. He's won quite a few races, all sorts of uh, different trips and tracks and God knows what. Um, and, and, and he's owned by um, Millie in the Mind Partnership. He's called Ocean Line, number one. R- runs in the 454. Uh, down there, and I, I think that will win as well. 454 Ocean Line. Okay. Number one. Yeah. So there we go. There Anyhow. We go. Right. Uh, we're into March. We've got Cheltenham not too far away. Um, Mary, the other day, I said, I'm off to Cheltenham. Would you like to go? She said, no, thank you. She didn't want to move too far from Gillingham. So I don't blame her, really. It would be a push... Be a push and shove, Mary, at Cheltenham. Yeah. I, I wouldn't actually go unless I was working there, to be honest. I'd be probably coming down to you. I'm a nice fillet steak yeah. and a few glasses of wine. Yeah. And sitting in front of your great big widescreen uh, screen TV yeah. in your play, playroom. That's where uh, I would probably be. Unfortunately, I haven't got a playroom. My, my grandson has, but I haven't. But, um, yeah, right. no, you'd be more than welcome to come down. As long as you brought the booze with you, it'd be all right. Right. But, yeah, I'd uh, need a fair bit to keep you happy, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Right. Probably. Let's go. Let's go for the old... Um, Just before you leave chase. the 454, did you notice yeah. that uh, a certain Fergal O'Brien's got a runner in that race called Black Callow yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I do. He used to be trained by... Um, yes, one over fence, is it? Fair Pine is now clerk of the course at some... Um, well... Uh, used to train it. It's been around a bit, a bit like you, really. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did, I did sort of think about tipping it up, but I think it's, uh, mm, okay. I think it's probably, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just so I threw it in anyway. Right, where are we going yeah, now? Then? No, no. Good try. Uh, right, we are going to go to uh, Newbury. Newbury. And, right. and at New, Newbury in the Veterans Chase at 150, I think number one. Um, uh, a so will win. Trained by um, Venetia Williams. It's won five of 34 races. I think it's got a good chance. A so, number one. Okay. Mr. Emma, 11 to four. Third extra last time out. He's got quite good form if you look back through it. He was that second cloth cap off for £10 a mark. That was at Kelso um, last year. So, yeah, number one. In the 115, a so to win there. Right. We got the Bet Victor Gold Cup, and that's a pretty, pretty decent race, to be honest. Um, some pretty nice horses running in it. Faraday could run a big race for Nisha Williams. It was fifth last time out. Um, Amour de Nui, the Nichols horse, um, has been running well and won well up at Musselburgh. Uh, on New Year's Day. Hasn't run since. Um, probably won't be too far away. Uh, the other horse I quite like in the race, Senior Citizen. 
don't know if it's named after you or not. But, um, Probably. Senior sit- <laughs> you wait until you get to be old. Oh, I should give you some stick. Then I'll come and nick your walking hey. stick. <laughs> I tell you what, I am old, actually, to be perfectly honest. I am very old. But, mm. uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go a Mordenui, um should I say, to win the 250 at Newbury. Amore. Um, we... Amore, that means love, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love you. Yeah, thank you. Not, not on the radio, if you don't mind. Thank you very much indeed. Right, know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Move, move on then. Okay. Too much scandal going on. Yeah, cut that one out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Too much scandal going on. Right. Um, next race, don't really fancy ending in it, although you probably fancy Sherbourne because that's not very far from you, is it? Oh, don't even talk to me about Sherbourne and the experiences I had yesterday, which I've told you about. Absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous. what roads closed. Yeah, roads closed. Called, roads closed around Sherbourne. Yeah. But it's ironic that it's also trained by Colin Tizard as well, who I was going to oh, see. Oh, dear me. How's he ever going to get it out of Benny Sherborne? I don't know. He's going to have a problem, I should think. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he will have a problem. Mm, he might I have think to, he's going to have a big old... He might have to helicopter them out or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Mm. Right, I think Brendan Powell win the, the 302 with all school Black Poppy. Kerry Lee trains. It's got some quite good form of horses that just hit forward. It was a winner last time out, and I think that will take a little bit of beating uh, in the 315. Right. Did you right. get that one? Black Poppy. We didn't have one for the 227 then. No, well, I gave that a miss. I, yeah. I, I, I don't really fancy anything, to be honest. Yeah. It's no good trying to tip every race, is it? I have a good old look through, and I try and sort of How many winners did I have last week? Then? Oh, you had uh, five last week. You've been on you had five last week, three the week before, uh yeah. three the week before, and then eight the week before that. So you have been slightly on well, the up. Definitely. Doesn't doesn't yeah. surprise me. No, Mally or Kleiber. Um right, where are we going Kleiber, now? Kleiber. Yeah, well we're going to the four twelve at Newbury. Oh, okay. And um the 412 at Newbury. There's a bit of an improver here that would probably take the beating called Major Dundee. But um, one of my old um, coaches, not old coaches, if she can speak to me any time, but I did coach her for quite a long while, rides one here for uh, Jamie Stone. So by some chips, Keswick. Uh, he had something to do with football, didn't he? Who? Sir Chips Keswick. Never heard of him. Have you really? Well, he was the chairman of Arsenal for a, a few well, years. That explains it, then, doesn't it? <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah, that's why I'm uh, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal. Uh-huh. And it's called Soldier of Destiny. It's a winner of Foss last Arsenal. I beat Longshanks. And uh, I think he's got a chance today. Well, it's funny because I did, happened to do Number an three. interview with um, Paige yeah, yeah. yesterday. Uh, she didn't mention yeah. it, though. She did mention it. Uh, so I don't know. Um, uh, I just I like the look of that one at the top, striking a pose. I think that could. Uh, oh dear. Mm, uh, but of course, because of the roads closures, I can't give you anything on it because I didn't get a chance to speak to Joe. You never got there. No, tomorrow now, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's just just my hunch, you know. You know how it is. Anyway, okay. so what uh, we're going for, Major Dundee then. Yeah. Um, what's it called? It's not. No, it's called Soldier of Destiny, number three. Oh, you've got that one. Four twelve. Right. Yeah. 
And uh, and nothing nothing in the last, to be honest. I, I don't really know much about the last race. So probably Nichols might win it at Captain Destiny, but mm. none of them are run, so I don't really know much about them. Right, OK, that's fair enough. Well, a couple have, a couple have. But, yeah, yeah it's a, one of those national flat races that uh, yeah. I like to get there and look at them in the parade ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I can say about it is that Firestream, uh, um, Anthony Honeyball, he has been knocking in the winners left, right and centre. Same as oh, your pal, yeah. Jerry, uh, no, Gary, what's his name, Moore. He's Moore. been having a lot, yeah. haven't they, a pair of them. But, uh, but no, Coleman and, and Honeyball, I think that's got a good chance for self. But, but I might even be dead yeah. and back it, but uh, I don't know. Good, OK, so that's it, yeah. then, is it? Have we got any more? Are you going anywhere else? Or is that it? No, no. Oh, that is it. That's it. I think really have to play. Can you music. smell that? I think that's your dinner burning in the oven. Yeah, well, I had to switch it off to come and talk to you. So, poor old me, I've got to go back oh. up the kitchen to, uh, oh, you know, God. get it going. Oh, I'm going to cry now. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well done, Colt. That's, that's today that's sorted out. Or yeah. Sunday anyway, so that's good. And um, you know what you've got to do over the weekend, apart from go to Newbury or wherever you're going? Yeah. You've got to yeah, lie yeah. down flat, haven't you? Yes, yes. Flat, yes. flat, flat, flat. Flat. Flat as a witch's yeah, uh, what's it? Yeah, yeah, I will do that. Promise. Mm, Leave promise, me. yeah. Right, OK, I will. I will. Right, well, thank you very much for joining us on the show, as usual. No problem. Do appreciate no problem. it. Have a good weekend, listeners. I will. I'm the only listener. <laughs> no, listeners, not you. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks for that, Colin. And um, we will touch base next week. Well, you take care and yeah. have a great weekend. Well, that was our Colin. Now it's time to catch up with our Dave. It's Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. OK, evening, Dave. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well, Adrian. A uh, bit of... Uh... The damp weather around at the moment, so we're getting heavy going, and uh, we're having to delve into the form banks to have a look at who likes uh, heavy and the soft at the moment. But it's uh, proving very futile at the moment. We had Sounds a nice good. winner yesterday at Wing Canton. Honeysuckle's brother, uh, Last Royal, was in the first race at Wing Canton yesterday. He went a little bit under the radar, I think. Yeah, uh, they priced him up at five to four early on, and uh. He just about won. It was 42 lengths back to the second in the race uh, oh, when he crossed the winning tight, line. Pretty tight, then. Pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, we was uh, a little bit worried coming to the final furlong. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a nice day out at Wincanton yesterday, and we're going to have a look ahead at Newbury for Saturday. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with the first race there, the 115, and we've... Uh, Highlighted uh, St. Xavier, uh, Lily Pinchin takes a ride. She's a £5 claimer and she's taking a ride for Richard Hobson. Uh, this horse, he, he seeks out heavy ground. Uh, they send him over to France quite regular and uh, he doesn't like anything. He just likes a soft, heavy going. Yeah. And it's one of them things that if you look through his form book, that's what he's got sticking out at you. And uh, I think he's going to find some soft going at Newbury on Saturday. Uh, his handicap mark's fallen from a 150 mark when he was with Paul Nichols down to 127 now. And he also gets that £5 claim that Lily Pinchin's uh, getting. So he's down to 122. So he's £28 down off of a high mark that he had. So uh, we've had a look through. He had a win in November 21. He, he won off of a handicap mark of 134. 
and he's certainly got good each weight claims, and he's going to be priced up at around about 12 to 1 with bet 365. So that's St. Xavier in the first race, small each way bet on him there, around about 12 to 1. Okay. Well, we've got to remind all the listeners to as well, we've got Cheltenham coming up on uh, a week on Tuesday, and most of the good horses are going to be away out hiding now, and uh, a lot of the horses I was getting ready for Cheltenham have obviously disappeared off the scene. So we're not getting the best of horses out this week and next week because obviously we've got Cheltenham coming up. So just just wind your bets in a little bit because uh, you're going to get some variations in results and a lot of differences. And uh, as I say, the good horses won't be out now till Cheltenham Festival and uh, you're getting what, what's left in the stable popping out. Yeah, I yeah. Call them bad horses but it's the indifferent type of horses coming out so just a be a little bit wary on your backs there sound advice dave sound advice moving down to the second race uh new breaver 150 we're going to have a look at probably the outsider of the field kaluki uh tj o'brien takes a ride for philip hobbs uh not seeing that he's very best over three miles and he's dropping him back to two miles four 20 furlongs this weekend and uh, he's certainly got some good form on that sort of uh, distance and on soft going. He's uh, won three times on the soft and he's certainly stayed the 20 furlongs very easy. He's been, been running over three miles. But his form is all around the 20 furlong sort of races. He was uh, second beating ahead off of a handicap of uh, 142 last time he was at Newbury over this trip. And he's only one pound higher now. So, uh, we think he's going to have a good each-way chance there, and he's priced up at around about 16 to 1 at the moment. But bearing in mind all the factors that are going on, we'd only have a small each-way bet on him there. Right. Okay. okay. Moving down to the 227 race, uh, we like the chances here of a horse called Mark of Gold. Uh, Jamie Moore takes the ride for Gary Moore now. And this horse, a little bit of information about him, is owned by Steve Fisher. Now, Steve Fisher used to be a, a very good very high quality farrier for many of the top stables and uh, Steve was taking the all and he's now got this uh, what they call the trapped in syndrome where he's in a wheelchair and he can only communicate with a, a voice recording instrument on, on the wheelchair so he's yeah. he's suffering from this very <coughs> very badly now he owns this horse Mark of Gold and I, I think this horse has got an absolute tremendous chance at Newbury he's won his last two races but two races back he finished seven lengths second to Akron Risque the horse that we backed last Saturday that won the grade two class one at Kempton for us yeah. now if he can run seven lengths second to that this this race here running off of a handicap mark of 118 I think Mark of Gold's got an absolute fantastic chance now after that run he come out and he won again at Plumpton he won by 16 lengths again on soft going so he obviously likes soft going and he's only gone up a couple of pounds without win as I say, we haven't got any official prices for him at the moment, but the paper price is five to two. If that goes up on any of the bookmakers' balls, that's going to get smashed off. So keep your eye out for the price on Mark of Gold in the 2.27 there at Newbury on Saturday. If there's anything around that sort of price, it's well worth having a nice bet on. Rightio, we will keep an eye. Yeah, moving down to the... Two minutes past free race. We like the chances here of Black Poppy. Brendan Powell takes a ride for Kerry Lee. 
one last time out in a photo finish, but the front two was 15 lengths clear of the horse back in third. So it shows that they was both very well up for the race that day. Now, she's bottom weight in this race, Black Poppy, so she's getting plenty of weight from all of the other runners, and she probably holds best lines of form in the race anyway. So she she's another one that looks well stuck out at a price of around about 7 to 2 in the paper. We haven't got official prices at the moment. But another thing to note, Black Poppy was due to run about four or five days ago, and she was absolutely thumped in the betting markets before being made a non-runner about an hour and a half before the race. So uh, they've obviously got this mare in good form, and uh, there's going to be a lot of support for us. So as soon as the betting comes available, I'd suggest people get a, a little little bet on her there. She's priced up at around about 7 to 2. All right. Moving down to the 337 race, uh, Comanche Red is a horse that we like here. Uh, Jamie Moore takes the ride. It's the second time we mentioned him, and Chris Gordon trains it. Now, Chris Gordon was the trainer that gave us two winners last week up at Kempton. He trained Orkham Risque and Storm Dennis, which was two of the big bets that we had last weekend. And we had a fantastic time with them. So we're going to side of Chris Gordon's stable here, Comanche Red. He, he's won on soft going at Kempton back in 2019, and he's won at Plumpton in April 2021. So he, he's there, thereabouts with his form, and he, he, his handicap mark is sliding. He won at Kempton off of 137, and then he won at Plumpton off of 127. And he, he's obviously had runs in between to get down down the handicap, and he's now running off of a handicap of 123. So, as I say, the trainer had two good winners for us last Saturday. His stable's in good form. And this fella, his paper price is around about 20 to 1. And I think he'd be well worth having a pound or two each way on him there with uh, everything pointing in the right direction for him. So that's Comanche Red in uh, 337. Right. Moving down to the 12 minutes past four race, uh, we like Major Dundee. Uh, owned by the exes of uh, late Trevor Hemmings, going to be ridden by Tom Cannon. Now, Tom rode three winners at Kempton last weekend. Obviously, two of them was for us with uh, Chris Gordon horses. This time, he's teaming up with Alan King. Now, this fella's gone chasing, and he's won two out of two, and he's only gone up three pounds from his last win. Now, he's had a nice 85-day break from that, from when he won back in uh, December. I think it was the 10th of December he won and uh, the horses that was in behind him have all come out very early in January, which obviously was a bit too soon because it was a heavy-going race. And I think they've done the right thing with this fella, giving him a bit of a break after it. He's got some very nice hurdle form where he's won on heavy and soft, and uh, he's a very good improving sort of type. And he's going to open up at around about 5-2 to two in the betting, we think. So he'll be worth having a nice small win bet on him there. All right. <laughs> Moving down to the last race on the card, uh, the 1647. It's a National Hunt flat or bumper race, and there's two horses at the top of the betting in this one, uh, Hardy Feller and Firestream. We think it's an absolute match race between the two of them. Now, Hardy Feller seems to be an improving type at the moment, and he's going to be, he comes from the Tom Cannon, uh, Chris Gordon setup, and he won very well last time out for him. But he's got a good line of form in Pine Time for a tune, which is a horse that the Paul Nichols stable paid a quarter of a million pounds for after a bumper win at Foss Lass. Now he's gone on and won a class one up at Cheltenham uh, back in November, and this fellow was only two lengths behind him. So, we think now he's in, but for Chris Gordon's stable, he's going to improve out of JJ Hanlon. 
stable where he was to start with. He, he's, he's come out at Font well on one, and we think he's going to be there, thereabouts on Saturday. So we'll have to wait for the betting to come up on it. But we make it an absolute match race between Anthony Honeyball's fire stream and Hardy Feller with Chris Gordon's. But we're going to side up with uh, Hardy Feller there. Right. So that's what we've got for Newbury on Saturday for you, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll follow up with another great weekend like we had last weekend. Absolutely. Let's hope so, Dave. Let's hope so. Um, I must admit, though, um, Firestream and, and Mr Honeyball, he's going well at the moment, isn't he? So, as you say, it's yeah. going to be tight. But, um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. And we've only got a week and a bit before uh, we get over to the Cheltenham Festival now. So, uh yeah. As I say, like just just keep an eye on your bets. Don't get carried away at this week up to the Cheltenham Festival because you're not getting the stable's best horses coming out. Uh, there are one or two that slip through the net that we find and uh, we look for, but as I say, it's like the second strings that are coming out at the moment, so uh, just keep an eye on them. OK, Dave, thank you very much indeed, Dan, for that lot, and um, we'll talk to you next week. All being well. Wow, well, if we can't get a winner from that lot, it's a pretty poor show, isn't it, with Dave Wilson... Simon Holt and Colin Brown all trying their luck at tipping. So we will see next week who came out the best. But in the meantime, that more or less brings the show to a close. I thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next week when uh, we will have an awful lot about Cheltenham, I'm sure. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you then. So thanks for listening and see you next week. <laughs>